what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Our journey into oneness is one that most of us are either very conscious of or unconscious of. Those that are conscious have this deep desire for a connection, a stillness and a devotion that kind of is a yearning and a longing from within. And regardless of whether we're conscious or unconscious about that journey to oneness, it is something that is constantly unfolding. I'd love for you to hear some beautiful words from the book, A Journey to Oneness, A Chronicle of Spiritual Emergence, by my guest today, whose name is Rasha. Oneness speaks, your instincts will serve you well. In determining your direction on this journey, it matters little, if at all, which of several possible destinations is chosen. Your own personal process will unfold according to schedule, regardless of which environment is selected, for the energies that will be encountered will suffice as a catalyst for the transformative process that is anticipated for you. The process, as you well know, is not one that is externalized, but rather transpires within the sanctity of your own inner recesses. The breakthroughs realized are not to be credited to any being in physical form other than your own inner source. This is from the book, A Journey to Oneness, A Chronicle of Spiritual Emergence. And my guest today is Rasha. She has taken a crisscross journey across the landscape of America in a vintage band named Vanessa. And this colorful journey goes on to take Rasha from the high-profile hoopla of the Whole Life Expo lecture circuit to the life of a spiritual recluse tucked away in the remote mountains of northern New Mexico desert. This book really touched me because of the truth that lies within it throughout it, just beautiful words that come through in so many voices. But in addition, just her own journey with what I'm about to embark on with the Rebel Road, it resonates so much with what I'm encountering, what I have been encountering, and this journey to oneness that is one of the most beautiful roads we can ever take. Welcome, Rasha, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here with you today. Well, I'm really excited because there's so many rich statements throughout this book. It is it is almost like a meditation, many of the, the paragraphs that are written here that can just be savored and anchored in and, and, and literally taken as a daily devotional if you take a paragraph at a time each day. Talk about, uh, you have two books, you have oneness and you have a journey to oneness, and I want people to know the distinction between the two so that they can understand what it is they're receiving and, and what they desire to receive first from you. 
Right. Um, the book Oneness, which is a, considered a classic at this point, these are divine teachings that I transcribed like a secretary taking dictation. Um, this came through starting in 1998, and the book was published in 2003. So this is a handbook of um, how to peel back the layers of who we think we are in order to reveal what's really there. It's a very systematic process, very detailed. It's 400 pages long. Um, and while I was transcribing it, I was going through my own personal journey. Um, because just because you um, understand it theoretically, that doesn't spare you having to go through the experience of it yourself. So all that time during the four years I was transcribing the book Oneness, I was going on my own adventure in my own personal life and journaling and getting personal guidance that I thought was just for me all along the way. Um, I was later told that my own personal notes would be the foundation of another book. So um, that was the basis of this brand new book, A Journey to Oneness. This is my own experience of the journey, and it is illustrated with profound teachings also from the source I know as oneness that some people refer to as God. This and right in the beginning of A Journey to Oneness, there, there's a section there where you talk about the experiences of that pain, and you ask this question, which I think so many people face in life if they're trying to reach for something or they are... Uh, not quite having the life experience that they're desiring that they know is possible. And the question was, how, how can I ask you how it serves me to keep re-experiencing failure? I don't see how this could be in my best interest. And I think so many people have felt like they've reached that point in some place in their lives, and sometimes it's hard to reconcile failure for us. So can you talk a little bit about the response that oneness gave you in that or the experience? But the experience of failure in my own case, um, this was an indication that I was on the wrong track. Had I succeeded grandly beyond my wildest dreams, then I should have given the amount of effort I was putting in. Um, I would still be running a business. I would still be focusing in the material world. Um, the device of um, not allowing that to happen forced me to look inward, to focus my search in a very different way, and to realize who I really was and the thrust of what my life's work was supposed to be. So in a lot of cases, people are going through profound loss and upheaval, and things are just not going well, and they don't understand why. Um, often, this is a wake-up call as a precursor to a very deep spiritual search that people go on, all the externalized frames of reference um, that we're accustomed to hanging the hat of our identity on, um, often this just dematerializes everything that was who, how we defined ourselves to ourselves and to the world um, is no longer there. You have a reason often in the depths of despair, to start excavating the depths of your own consciousness for what on earth is going on. And that's when it gets very interesting, as I know you know. 
<laughs> yes, I do know. And I, I and it is when the signs and the symbols and transitions and all kinds of things happen that, that before you couldn't quite imagine even possible. How did your own receiving and transcribing of the spiritual information begin and was it something that was occurring all along or did it require some of that surrender to and release that took place in your life? Mm. Um my work as a divine messenger started way before I was connected with oneness. Um, it started for me in 1987, and my first teacher was the Hindu god Ram, who came very unexpectedly at a lake in Tennessee one day and whispered, I love you, to me, and startled me and blasted my heart chakra open. That was the beginning of it. I worked with Ram for six months um, and then put it down. And about two years later, met my first real teacher, which was Amitabh, an aspect of Lord Shiva. And I worked with Amitabh for three years, and that was actually the source of my first book, The Calling, which most people don't know exists. It was a much earlier book and a beautiful book. But that laid the foundation for me of being able to embrace the magnitude of oneness. Because prior to that, I wouldn't have had a clue of what to do with this. I, it, it would have been shocking had this just come out of the blue. So um, looking back on the way I was guided very purposefully, very carefully, one step at a time down the spiritual path so that I understood not only who I was um, as a spiritual being, but I understood the responsibility and what was required to do this well, to, to do this accurately. I was trained very carefully. So oneness came in very unexpectedly also. I, I thought Amitabh was my teacher, and that would be that. And um, as soon as I published the book, The Calling, uh, I was informed, well, our work together is complete, and now you'll be working with a source known as oneness. And um, I balked. I said, I want no part of it. <laughs> I thought, My life is sufficiently derailed. I said, I, you know, but um, slowly I was brought around to, to realize um, the opportunity to, and we, to, give, we to give something meaningful with this life. And this is something obviously I had done prior to this life where it wouldn't have been so easy, like breathing, for me to do it. But that understanding came later, I guess. Uh, when you're in the throes of it, you think, why me? And only later do you come to realize, my God, I have done this forever. And uh, like riding a bike, you just you know how to do it. But um, those, those understandings came later when I was deep in it. It's been quite a journey. <laughs> Well, and I think so many people that are in that place where they're asking that question of why me, so often we're reaching and grabbing for any and everything because we just want the pain to stop. Yeah. But yet we're at a time now where it really feels like to me that uh, although workshops and different things like that can be supportive, they're not the answer. There's there's, no. there's almost a deeper recognition that has to take place now. There's, I like how you put it. It's not so much waking up or getting it, but it's now about truly getting into a place of understanding and connecting to it. Talk a little bit about that. That is the essence 
of what people are confronting now because so many people have done the work. They've read the books. They've done the workshops. And they are faulting themselves. They think, well, why hasn't something happened? Um, where they're missing it is they are assuming that an intellectual grasp of principles is going to give them the experience of God-connectedness, which is, is a process of heart. Um, the opportunity in these times is not just to believe it, but to know it from your own experience of it. And that was the lesson that I learned, and that was an integral part of the training that oneness brought me through to understand that this is not about philosophy. This is not about getting it. Um, none of those things. It's certainly not about giving up your story, quote-unquote. A lot of people are talking in those terms. It's not about that at all. It's about daring to be vulnerable, daring mm. to surrender, extending the invitation of heart. God is not just going to come in and knock on your door and say, Hi, I'm here. Um, you, you need to... Um, be willing to knock on that door yourself and um, be prepared that there, there is something within you, each and every one of us, that is just waiting for us to say, I'm ready. I'm ready not, not just to believe it. I want to feel this for myself. And, you know, the thing is that you don't get this in a group setting. You don't get this by sitting in an audience, and no teacher, however gifted they may be, is going to do this to you. Flip your switch and make it happen. This is something that you do within the sanctity of your own being in silence. So um, the teachings that um, have been given to me in these books encourage us, all of us, to develop a very personal spiritual practice and not in the sense of um, choose one from the above list. This is something that you can do in your own way, whatever feels right to you. Oneness causes the personalized path to, to realization. You do it your way. So it doesn't mean you have to give up your religion, and it doesn't mean you have to select from one of the traditional paths. You can concoct your own journey. You can concoct your, your own rituals. And whatever it takes, whatever feels right to you, to open your heart to what is resonating within you, that's right. There, there is no right or wrong. My guest, my guest today is Rasha. She is a modern-day spiritual messenger and has worked as a courier of divine guidance for over 25 years. In February 1998, she began an extraordinary dialogue with the universal presence, oneness, the divinity we all share and some refer to as God. Word for word, Rasha transcribed a vast body of spiritual understandings that give us a new level of insight into the mystery we call life. These teachings empower us to take quantum leaps into our own inner depths and totally transform our lives and our world. She's the author of Oneness, A Journey to Oneness, and The Calling. 
and every now and then a book comes along that is so powerful that the words cannot describe the experience people start having when they read it. These rare life-changing books always seem to show up at the perfect moment in time, exactly when we need to read it, and Oneness is one of those books that changes lives. So definitely tap into Oneness and your journey to oneness. You can find out more about Rasha at onenesswebsite.com. That's onenesswebsite.com. We'll be right back with Rasha. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. check out the Rebel Road and find out what's going on and where we are. We have Rebel Road TV that you can access from the rebelroad.com website. We are meeting amazing people all over the country, people that are stepping into their rebel spirit and being a rebel in their own lives, people that are saying that they are willing now to no longer accept any excuses or limitations and truly ready to shine as the puzzle piece, their unique genius, that they are to be here on the planet as we move into a place of oneness. And as I speak about this, I want to read to you a beautiful passage from the book, A Journey to Oneness, and it is an early glimpse of the experience of embodying oneness as oneness speaks. This is oneness. We welcome you to a new day and a new world. As you have begun to suspect, you have made a significant shift. You invoked the consciousness that awaited you, and you began to perceive the world through the perspective of those eyes. You came to know the oneness of which you are a part, not from having comprehended the concept of oneness theoretically, but rather from the space of simply being that, with full conscious awareness of it. Now you have awakened in the afterglow of your transformation, and you know that something significant has indeed happened. You know that you have not imagined this. You comb the inner sanctums of your consciousness and reveal completely the truth that awaited you there. 
declarations of intent were made in the fullness of heart-centered focus, and your prayers have been heard and have been answered. There's no going back now. The shift has been made. How do you feel? This is from the author from the book A Journey to Oneness by the author Rasha, and she began A Journey to Oneness back in 1998, which took Rasha from the sweet success of a blossoming New Age jewelry business in the mountains of North Carolina to a nightmare of shattered dreams and sudden financial ruin. In time, she came to understand the significance of the radical loss of the material trappings of identity as a classic precursor to the spiritual awakening. But now caught in the grasp of the volatile energies of transformation and living theater it creates, she watched in shocked disbelief as life as she knew it totally self-destructed. Suddenly homeless, she found her safe harbor in a surreal inherited condo in a village for the elderly in South Florida, where the transcription of the divine revelations in the landmark book Oneness began. Rasha, it's quite a journey that you have had, and so many people are experiencing some of those things, the financial ruin, the loss, the Mm -hmm. uh, health issues, the, the question of the unknown that is before us, but it is in that very unknown, um, which is so much of, of what the Rebel Road itself is about this year as I embark. I feel like we're living some parallel journeys here. I think so. Um, <laughs> but that <laughs> I'm not surprised. Place, that unknown place is a very important place to be, and it mm. is uh, part of the road into the heart to connect to that oneness. What do you feel in that, in that regard about unknown? And that's the key to everything. It's being willing to take a chance and to go in the direction that feels right rather than what your logical mind might be telling you you should be doing with, with the time that you've got in this world. Most of us have been programmed to believe um, that if we put one foot in front of the other and we behave ourselves, that life is going to deliver all the good stuff. And when it doesn't happen that way, despite our best efforts, we're shocked, we're confused, and we start questioning, like, what, did, what am I doing wrong? Um, in these times, this is about a very different kind of a lifetime. And were we to continue like robots on paths like that, we would be missing the opportunity of a lifetime, the opportunity that is happening um, to so many people simultaneously and previously would have taken generations, lifetimes, to make the quantum leap so we can make now in a matter of years if we just tune in to the truth of what's happening inside and take a chance. Take a chance on what your heart is screaming. One of the places that ends up uh, happening along that, and I'm sure you felt it at many times in your journey, is we get to this point where we feel very, very alone. But as I've seen on this Rebel Road journey, that place of aloneness also has power and is also a place of connection. And in the book, you talk about the power of aloneness. Will you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So many people write to me, and this is a major theme for people. People are feeling so isolated, and all of them think they're the only one that these changes are happening to. In fact, it's happening to so many people, and the sense of isolation is a catalyst for each of us to dig deeper because um, you cannot get to where you really want to go as a being in a group situation, hand in hand, or, you know, in a herd like sheep. This 
is something that happens when you dare to step forth. Naked of pretense, really. <laughs> well, and it's also something that we can't rush because I think oftentimes we want it right now. We we want to be awake right now, and, and why is that not possible? So, you know, how do we allow this to unfold in a natural way and not want to speed it all up? You know, it's it's you don't want to see the end of the movie before it's time. What there mm. is to have is the story. It's it's the road, it's the vantage points, it's the ups and downs, not only the exultation, but the agony. It's the tears, it's all the things that you go through in dredging the depths of yourself to find out what's really there. And when you go on that journey, then what happens at the end and, you know, that that is the the sense of, okay, I see, that is within the per, the whole perspective of what went before. Um, I suppose you could say if a helicopter delivers you to the top of the mountain, the view is great. But if you had to climb step by step, clawing your way up by your fingernails, um, vulnerable, not knowing if you had it in you to do it, it's so much more powerful. And that's the journey so many of us are on. The and you see so many other views along the way that you never would have gotten to see had you taken the helicopter to the top. Absolutely. There's so many other <laughs> landscapes that you get to see that are beautiful. And, yeah. and that's, you know, the other thing that I love about what you're saying, and resonates so much because I talk about this a lot, it's, it's not about getting rid of that story. You know, I think mm. there's so many people that want to want to say, I don't, I don't want to have those memories. I don't want to have that story. I don't want to have this. It's so much more about embracing that whole experience as this beautiful journey that, that we are. And I love how you talk about the succulents of the emotion and even the agony and how that's such a rich part of the experience. And I find it is so much a part of what really gets us into the heart. And that is the place that we ultimately have to go to connect to oneness. Absolutely. What you need to be is authentic to yourself. You are not play acting or role of what you think an enlightened being should be saying. And here are the lines you should be you should be mouthing. It's not like that. You need to take the risk of being real with yourself, feeling the depths of your feelings, even if it's painful. This is not stuff that you want to sweep under the rug. This is stuff that you want to dredge out of the closet and look at very carefully, feel it very deeply, and then be willing to let it go. That's a major clue as to how to release some of the things that keep us stuck in repeating repeating the same old thing over and over again, these patterns of experience that we call forth from the ethers because we do um, feel like, oh, it would be so much more comfortable if I didn't have to look at that. It's so well, I, painful, you know. And, Lasha, when we're willing to look at that vast landscape of even the pain, mm. how does that also... Or how can we then also have this mindset of limitlessness that we need to have as well so that we really expand into that, uh, that part of the landscape? Well, it's a delicate balance between the two. Um, 
at the at the one hand on the one hand you you know keep your eyes on the prize as they say you want to focus on where you know you are going and that recognition of the essence within you is that you focus on that but at the same time you are in physical form and part of the journey part of the work is to deal with the remnants of all the unresolved emotions all the unresolved issues all the unresolved reactions the knee jerk kind of responses that we are programmed to come forth with when life hits us over the head with a two by four um we need to work through that not by locking it up in a closet but by facing it at the same time to be very clear that that's not who we are anymore and that in um working through it we're peeling back the layers of that density vibrationally we're actually doing the job that will free us from that burden eventually so that we are most of the time if not all of the time in that exalted vantage point on life and it seems like the bridge between those two places that place of resolving what has happened and that place of limitless possibility of what we want to now vision as as who we are uh stepping into is the bridge of the now moment absolutely there's no other way to put it the now moment being present being absolutely focused on what is rather than ruminating over something you can't change anyway because it happened or um dreading something that may come to pass but may not um and that's where most people are focused in the past or focused in the future when we pull it into the now and we realize that all possibilities are there it becomes a question of what is it that you'd like to experience then you realize it's, how powerful you are. It's and right. in that place of, of now, yeah. how, how do we then uh, just find the distinction and the difference between that inner knowingness that it is time to trust in and that philosophical or philosophizing of the spiritual principles that we've had that keep us in the linear mind? constantly thinking about it rather than literally being it. Well, um, like anything that is worth doing, it's worth doing well, takes practice. So you want to put these understandings into practice, and that's how you bridge the gap. Um, you focus in the now. You focus in the understanding of what can I do now. And at the same time, um, you want to... Be very aware that there is a higher and a more valid approach to some of the things that trip us and, and land us in the mud. There, um, there are responses of detachment that we can train ourselves to, to have that be our default setting rather than um, responding and reacting in ways that will provoke more of the same. So you condition yourself to a very different modes of response. And this is in-depth in the book Oneness, all of how you reprogram yourself to respond in a way that serves to peel back layers of density that no, no longer empower you 
and to at the same time be vulnerable enough to allow what is really there to come forth. And um, sometimes it seems like a contradiction because you you are resonating at a higher and higher level as you go, but that that doesn't spare you having to deal with the repeat experiences that it takes to release the electromagnetic charges that are calling forth experiences that you think that you've outgrown. It's like you get, you get it mentally, you have to apply it consistently. Eventually, you no longer have a vibrational charge on that issue and nothing with which to call forth those experiences so they stop happening. It's miraculous when you realize that this has happened and the same old stuff just isn't happening anymore. When that happened to me, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and as we step out of those types of vibrations and we, we take that con- intellectual concept of being in and as divine presence um, to a place where we start to embody more of that vibration, what is the emotional state or how does one get themselves to an emotional state where they really are in that vibration of being in and as divine oneness and presence? I think in a word, it's called sadhana. Sadhana means spiritual practice. You um, you start to walk your talk. You go beyond the intellectualizing of these fascinating principles and concepts, and you actually put into practice the reach, the calling of the heart that will trigger the actual experiences that you're longing to have, that will actually bring to you the knowing of who you are, not just mentally, but actually. So you want to develop a methodology within yourself of closing the door, um, switching off the cell phone, whatever it takes to have that absolute focus on the divinity within you. Um, Most people want to involve some form of meditation in their practice or um, prayer or creating an altar, lighting candles, flowers, songs, whatever it takes to put you in that mode of sanctity so that you are resonating with the divinity within. Then when you are on that frequency, the doors inside open. Oneness explains how to source the guidance from within. This is from the book, A Journey to Oneness, The Chronicle of Spiritual Emergence. What is being developed within you is the instinctive knowingness that comes of relinquishing the mentalized logical response mechanism fostered by a sense of separation and a focus upon the linear identity. When you are able to still the mind chatter that feeds you an unending litany of fear messages about acting incorrectly, you are able to source the sense of direction in which the highest result is possible. There is little resistance once upon this path. That is how you know that you are there. When you encounter dramatic resistance to your efforts, you are quite possibly experiencing the results of the needs of your ego self to assert its will out of the sense of self-protectiveness. That stance is based on the anticipation of victimization and the thwarting of your will. You would be well advised to take the time to decipher the messages that are encoded in your feeling body and allow those inclinations to nudge you in the direction of your highest choice. Ultimately, your choices are yours and yours alone to make. For this is your journey, 
your experience of oneness. We have no need to thwart your personal will by superimposing divine will upon it. We are simply making available the opportunity to merge your personal will with divine will and to experience the perfection of the results. This is a journey to oneness, and it is rich with divine insight and mind-stretching metaphysical concepts. This groundbreaking work speaks directly to the inner quest of each of us. The loving guidance of oneness woven throughout the story awakens a sacred sense of divine connectedness. The simple act of reading becomes a life-changing journey that the reader shares on an intimate level. The author of the spiritual classic, Oneness, Rasha awakened to her inner calling as a divine messenger in 1987. The profound teachings she transcribes are universal and focus on the experience of the divinity within each of us. Rasha has dedicated her life to addressing the unprecedented transformation of consciousness that is the hallmark of these times. You can find out more about Rasha at onenesswebsite.com. That's onenesswebsite.com. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. When you see and acknowledge the divinity in other beings, they begin to be able to experience that within themselves. It is this seed that you have come to plant within the consciousness of those who will be drawn to you. You will demonstrate with loving kindness the response to other beings that you would want reflected back upon yourself, and that will be the result. You will co-create the world as you wish to have it be. That end is not served by contributing to the manifestation of a diminished reflection of what is truly there. Your focus is to be upon the divinity before you, simply that. This is... One is speaking about co-creating the world as we would wish to to have it be. And it is from the book, A Journey to Oneness, A Chronicle of Spiritual Emergence by Rasha. You can find out more about her at onenesswebsite.com. And you can also find out about her other books 
uh, a book entitled A Calling and a book entitled Oneness. So you can check out everything that she's doing. Welcome back, Rasha. So often people, as they're on this path, they take on a stance to uh, detach from the world, but it comes from a place of I don't want any more pain, so I'm going to detach. But what they're not doing is detaching. That's actually more separation. Can you talk mm-hmm. about what the space of true detachment is and how that ultimately really is part of oneness? Um, I think what you're referring to is the non-attachment to outcome of expectation yes. of how you think it's supposed to go and be willing to be present in the now moment and be real with what is. So um, when, you, um, when you have a, a mode of allowance of um, being willing to have things be as they are, um, you encounter much less resistance to your efforts, and it's particularly um, in your efforts toward connecting with the divine. If you have expectations of how it's supposed to go and attachment to um, a paint-by-numbers program of what you think is supposed to happen, you actually are racing down the highway with your brakes pulled up. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, the, The key word really is surrender to allow what is within that is the pilot of this journey to take you where you're supposed to go in the, in the way that is in your highest interest. So we need to let go of the idea that we're supposed to mastermind this and to be willing to have it be as it is, even if the lessons are... Um, uncomfortable sometimes, because in retrospect, those very lessons deliver the gift of a profound understanding in ways that had we just glossed over the menu, um, we never would have gotten it. We never would have felt and experienced what there is to feel on this journey. Um, The idea is not to go over the menu. It's to have the feast in, in reality. So the way to do that is really um, to let go of all expectation of how it's supposed to be. And I go into a lot of depth on that as I tripped over every pothole on the spiritual path and fell on my knees so many times because I had so many teachers and other spiritual students telling me how it was supposed to be and how what I was supposed to be doing, what I was supposed to be feeling. And I had so much contradictory input coming at me from all directions, particularly when I was in India, which covers a a good part of the book, that um, I became completely confused on what should be happening. In fact, there are no shoulds, and it took me a long time to realize that. And what has come forward as I am been embarking in from the very beginning of the Rebel Road was this idea and concept that there really are no longer teachers and gurus, that the, that the best way that we can each serve is instead by following our own path and yes. being the example of being able to be authentic in our own paths rather than following or traipsing after another. And that sounds like not only what you said, but it sounds like exactly what you're doing 
by being that example of authenticity. Exactly, and that was the purpose in coming forth with this book, because if you read it, you realize I resisted writing this book. I didn't want to reveal this in the worst way. And as I was rereading all of this material, I realized that I went through it not only for myself, but from a wor- for a world of other people who are out there going through exactly the same stuff without the benefit of the teachers I had. And for them to understand, as so many of the emails are reassuring me that they do, um, that they're not alone, that um, there are others, particularly my own self. And this book is extremely revealing and <laughs> very personal. Um, of but I think it's that what vulnerability happens, what and openness. It's the vulnerability and openness that you share within this that I think helps to instill a new level of courage for people to be able to continue to walk through what they're walking through. I think that that was the realization that I came to at the end that prompted my saying, okay, let the chips fall where they may. I'm going to come forth with this. (laughs) Seven years of divine guidance that um, was literally a reflection on what was going on in my life, but realizing so many people are walking the same stuff. And this guidance that I received is relevant to everyone's journey. This is, in fact, the personal path to oneness. This is not a traditional path. This is the path of self-empowerment. And these are the words of oneness. These are not my words. The path of self-empowerment. They're not telling you how to do it. Do what feels right to you. Take, take a chance on yourself. You know at the highest level what you need. And you don't need some guru or some teacher giving you a a nod or a little pat on the head like a kindergartner um, saying, yes, 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 you're doing fine. And so many of us are seeking that in our teachers, the reassurance that, yes, we're doing right. Why, Why not transfer that responsibility onto your own heart? So let's talk about that word. Let's talk about that word self-empowerment, and then I want you to talk about the word self-realization and the word enlightenment, uh-huh. because I think people have have their own versions of what that means, Absolutely. and for many it's quite confusing. So talk about self-empowerment, uh, self-realization, and then enlightenment. Okay. Very, very different. Um, self-empowerment has to do with self-trust. Self-empowerment means giving yourself permission to do what you know you want to do at the deepest level, regardless of what anybody may have to say about it. Be that brave. Mm. That's what this book taught me. What these teachings reinforced in me was that despite what everybody was saying, which was all over the place, I was on track. And that came as a stunning realization for me, that I was going exactly where I was supposed to go, despite all the illusion to the contrary. I thought I had totally flopped in my spiritual journey. I was a terrific failure as far as I was concerned, but it wasn't true. According to the templates that some schools of spiritual esoteric thought will put forth, yes, if you don't do it exactly by the book... Um, the way they say it should be done, then, of course, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. That is rubbish. <laughs> There's a million ways to do this well. 
It's a matter of what way do you want to do it. If so, you heard nothing else in this interview, please hear that statement. There are a million ways to witness. Yeah. So do your own path. That is so profound, and I think it's going to be so freeing for so many people. Right. Because we often think that there is a particular method. So mm-hmm. talk about self-realization and how that is so important in relation to the self-empowerment and the enlightenment. Well, self-realization refers to the understanding that you are God, and people get it, that they are God. That is a beginning That is a precursor to a spiritual journey. A lot of people are mistakenly um, informed that that's that's sort of the end of the road. Um, You know, touchdown, you win. It's not about that. This is a journey that is ever unfolding. It's exponential. It's expanding. It becomes deeper. Your your experiences become more so with every breath. It's not like suddenly the journey is over. You pulled into the station and you've arrived. It's mm-hmm. not like that at all. So self-realization lays a foundation for understanding what's going on with you. You are God. There is a divinity within you that is emerging and coming forth. And in incremental steps, it is going to become more and more obvious to you that that is who you are until the point where you know that you actually embody it because that's your experience of it. The divinity within you is in the forefront of your realization at some point on this journey. And it is what I call oneness, looking through your own eyes. But the thing is, it's still you. It's not like you've become possessed by God and somebody else is in your body. It's you. It's just you from a very different octave of realization. Mm. And it's subtle. And you get tastes of it all along the way so that you become comfortable with it. It's not like it happens overnight and you transform into something else. Um, I am told that is not the way it is happening for the masses in these times. It's being done gradually and gently with people so that they're being eased into God-realization, so that when the big shifts happen, that they've had their feet wet so many times that they know what this is, and it's just as natural as breathing when it happens. But this is a time-consuming process. You can expect it's going to take a couple of years, several years. So I can hear a lot of the audience sitting there going, so you mean it's going to take me forever to get enlightened? (laughs) So talk about now enlightenment. (laughs) What does that mean then? Um, Because I think everyone's on this end end sprint to be the enlightened one. (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is one of those words that is being thrown around these days by everybody, meaning all sorts of things. Um, I'll tell you what enlightenment is not. Enlightenment does not mean that you are awake and aware. It does not mean that you are more conscious. Um, what enlightenment, enlightenment technically means is that you are experiencing the divinity within you as yourself. Mm. From your yeah. own experience of it. You are that with full conscious awareness of it. That is enlightenment. And um, in a traditional definition, that state is sustained. 
when you are um, in the interim stages, as so many of us have had tastes of it, and they think they're enlightened. You've had, you've got your toes wet. You know, you've had an exalted experience. That does not mean you're enlightened. That means you're on the path. You are on the quest. Keep on keeping on. There's more to come. It becomes a sustained state of beingness, a sustained place of perception that does not waver. And as you go, the periods of being steeped in this divinity become more and more intense. And the duration of these episodes of connectedness are longer. So you, you are in a gradual immersion into divine connectedness. That is the journey. And ultimately, when you stabilize in this and you realize you are oneness and it doesn't go away when you open your eyes after the meditation or whatever, then, yes, you can say you are enlightened. That's, that is my understanding of that term. So... Um, in life, so, Rasha, doesn't mean last... you're just wise. <laughs> <laughs> as we finish out the show, is is there uh, what can you share about um, what you have really gained through this whole experience of being mm-hmm. able to bring forth such powerful information, and 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 what you now see and feel uh, as the divine being known as Rasha? Mm. Well, I realize it's still me, and I am still in physical form regardless of um, having fine-tuned my reactions to um, the experiences of life, which still happen for me and for everyone. Um, I realize that there is a contribution to be made by each and every one of us, myself included, and I, I just pray to be able to do what I've come here to do, which is to get out of the way. And to allow what is there to pour forth unimpeded for the benefit of everybody. That was the training. Oh, thank you, Rasha, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. This has been just beautiful, and I truly honor and appreciate all the work that you're bringing forward. A Journey to Oneness is a vivid literary tapestry chronicling a logical mind's probing questions over what is actually happening as it slowly unravels and shifts into a higher octave of perception and then documents the astounding answers, a treasure trove of timeless wisdom that emerges from within, woven seamlessly with the poetry and rapture of divine union. A Journey to Oneness takes the reader for an authentic ride on a roller coaster of spiritual transformation. I definitely urge you to get your copy of A Journey to Oneness, and you can also look up uh, her other books, which are The Calling and as well as Oneness, and allow yourself to access this beautiful material. You can find out more about Rasha at onenesswebsite.com. That's onenesswebsite.com. I also want to mention to get your free subscriptions to 1111 Magazine. This is my gift to humanity and always shares amazing voices and teachings and all kinds of connections to people all over the world that allow your own journey to be more expansive and more connected. Tap into a place that I'm going to be on the Rebel Road for the rest of the uh, coming year, and I'd love to see you and embrace as one divine being sees the other divine being, as whole and complete as we are. In addition, pick up my own book, Conversations with the Universe, and allow yourself to be supported by the signs, symbols, and synchronicities that are available to you as your conversation all of the time. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. 
Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Shift happens.